Hey, this is Doug Eccles. We want to welcome you to our podcast, Got Better Things for You. tonight by a quotation by William Booth. William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army. He began the Salvation Army in 1865, and uh, William Booth, he was the founder. He died in 1912, although the Salvation is still going strong. Salvation Army is still going strong. This is what he said before he passed. He said, I consider that the chief dangers which confront the coming century will be Religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. This man had a revelation of something that is happening in the world today. And we're not going to cover all those dangers, but we will cover the one, religion without the Holy Ghost. He said it would be a danger to the church in the coming century. And I want to begin tonight with a very simple question, whatever happened to the Holy Ghost? Whatever happened to the Holy Ghost? And tonight I'm really going to just tag on the sermon from Monday night. I believe you could put them together and it will work very well, but the truth is, what has happened to the Holy Ghost? Have we offended him? Have we rejected him? Have we ignored him? Have we quenched him and have we resisted him? And I would say the answer to all those questions is definitely yes. We have offended him, we have rejected him, we have ignored him, we have quenched him, we have resisted him. Tonight you have got to realize we have Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and and, uh, we've got to understand that these are persons. We got to understand that if uh, somebody was here tonight and uh, I said, don't sit by me, don't talk to me, that would be very offensive. If I acted like I was too big for my britches, that would be offensive to a person. And and uh, uh, if uh, somebody was there and they said, how are you doing? And I just looked at him and said nothing, ignored them, it would be offensive. We have offended the Holy Ghost in this country. We have rejected him, ignored him, quenched him, and resisted him. I want us to pray tonight before we get into the word. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we declare this to be holy ground tonight. We declare that this be the place of glory, that this be the place of revival, that this be the place, Lord, that we hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Lord, that we will not leave here like we have come. I pray that if anybody here is in a backslidden condition, anyone here that does not know you, anyone here with sin in their life, I pray right now, let the uh, uh, convicting power of the Holy Ghost come into this place. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to draw men, women, teenagers, and children to Jesus tonight. Be lifted up, be magnified. We testify of Jesus through the Holy Ghost tonight. We love you tonight with all of our heart and let the gifts of the Spirit be in operation that we may profit by the manifestation in Jesus' mighty name and everybody said amen. Why don't you just tell your neighbor, I see great things coming your way, it's inevitable. Come on, tell somebody near you. I see great things coming your way, it's inevitable. William Booth, he said that the chief dangers which will confront the coming century be religion without Christ, Christianity without uh, uh, Christ, religion without the Holy Ghost, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. But I'm only going to really talk about the religion without the Holy Ghost. I believe we are here. Now, this church is a Holy Ghost church. 
I've never had any restrictions when I've been in this church. Pastor Hans and I, we uh, believe in revival, but it's not that way in uh, many so-called spirit-filled congregations. There are churches that have regulated the Holy Spirit to just one week a year, and uh, they'll invite me to come to those churches, and they want me to speak uh, maybe Sunday through Wednesday on the Holy Ghost and, and or Friday, Saturday, Sunday on the Holy Ghost. And the truth is, people are hungry and they will come to the altar, but when they get there, they do not know what to do. And I asked the pastor, when's the last time somebody spoke uh, about the baptism of the Holy Ghost? They said, last year when you were here. It ought not be that way. It ought not be left for a one-week seminar once a year or for the guest speaker to handle. And I think we live in a day where too many people don't even know what spirit-filled means. On our missions application that we use for churches when they go with us on a trip, whether it be to Costa Rica, Argentina, Haiti, or wherever we might take Guatemala or wherever on that missions trip application one of the questions is are you saved and uh, and I say when did you get saved and uh, how do you know you're saved I like to just get a little feel about what I'm going with and what kind of kooky people are going to go with me and then I ask are you spirit filled and I get some of the craziest answers. I get the answer, why does that matter? Well, I already know I'm not going to enjoy them on the trip. Why does that matter? Another guy answered, yes, uh, at work, they say I'm the most enthusiastic. So, yes, I'm spirit-filled. But these are people that go to churches that their doctrine is that uh, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost like they were in the book of Acts. And yet they answer that way. I was at a church one uh, day and uh, 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 a man came up to me. He said, I've been coming to this church for nine years. He said, I didn't know that we believed in speaking in tongues. He said, if I would have, I'd have never come to this church. Nine years. I said, do you attend often? He said, I'm here every week. I'm going to say today that much of the problems we have in the world would be changed if we had a Holy Ghost revival. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. So I don't know if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, then uh, faith had to be there. You received the Spirit by faith, according to Galatians 3.2. Galatians 3.14, you received the Spirit by faith. But if you receive the Spirit, then love should be automatic. Now, I don't know everybody in this church, but I'm thinking that there might be some liars in this church like there was in the church I grew up in. You say, I, I don't really want you to talk like that now. Uh, you called me a liar. No, I didn't. You, uh, if the shoe fits, wear it. But we say that we are spirit-filled. We say that we are filled with the Holy Ghost. And yet there are some people that used to sit over here that moved over there because they didn't want to talk to people over here. Or you go to Walmart and you're walking through and, and uh, you see somebody from Fountain of Life and you dart down another aisle because you don't want to talk to them. How many know that speaking in tongues loses its credibility if we will not talk to one another? You realize in the church I grew up in, we sang lies every week. 
remember, this is old church. This is not uh, new church. This is old church. We used to sing this song. Tis the old time religion. Next verse. Make you love everybody. I knew that was a lie in my dad's church. I'd been in business meetings in that church. They didn't seem like they loved everybody. Somebody walked in that looked different, smelled different, had too much money or not enough money. They didn't treat them right. I'm going to tell you something. I believe that if he makes you love everybody, then you ought to love everybody. We sang other lies in my dad's church. We sang this song. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. I knew that was a lie too. We had little old grannies in my dad's church that that uh, uh, they had been serving God for 40 and 50 years. We'd get somebody saved off the street, and that uh, uh, new convert could outpraise the grannies in my dad's church. I'm going to tell you something. No new convert ought to be able to outpraise you. Are you understanding me? If he's sweeter every day, then I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to glorify his name. I'm going to magnify him. I am going to lift him up in the name of Jesus. Hmm. I'm going to get off of that. But if we're truly spirit-filled, then we should love. We should love people instead of making them feel inferior. We should help people instead of hurting them. We should pray for people instead of talking ugly about them. We would bring peace if we are spirit-filled rather than bringing turmoil. If everywhere you go there is turmoil, the problem is with you and not with everybody else. But we live in a day in America where we have turmoil, where we have hate in this country. We have people hurting people in this country. We have people disrespecting others. We have lawlessness. We have all these things going on. We need the Holy Ghost. Look with me to Psalm 119. This is my text tonight. Psalm 119, verse 126. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Let's read that together. Let's just read the first part. It is time for thee, Lord, to work. How many believe that should be our prayer tonight? I believe in America it is time for the Lord to work. I don't believe it's too late for the Lord to work, but it is time. It is right on time. This is the moment God needs to work in your life. Uh, we ought to pray it is time for you, Lord, to work in my family, to work in my finances, to work in my children, to work in my husband, to work in my wife. It is time for thee, Lord, to work. Listen, I live in a state with some of the largest churches in America. I live in a city with some of the largest churches in America. And in our state, in the past few years, we have lottery. We have liquor on Sunday. You say, what does that matter? Well, there you go. We have a casino on every corner. And we have the church now saying, how much of the world can I keep and still be right with God? These things happen while mega churches are booming. These things have happened. I, I don't know if it bothers you, but it bothers me. Because we let a little bit in and then we keep letting it in and, and pretty soon, you know, uh, you know, I, I know it's going to get somebody mad, but uh, pretty quickly uh, you're going to be able to smoke dope all over America. Somebody said, well, you know, if they legalize it, getting drunk is legal, but it's not biblical. Hmm. I didn't mean to be like this tonight. When the mega churches are booming in America, yet on their watch, we have had the greatest moral decline this country has ever seen. We've had more babies aborted. We've had lawlessness. We have racism. We have division. We have hatred. I'm going to tell you that demon spirits are loose in the world today. 
Why else would people act so crazy? If you haven't noticed anybody acting crazy, I think you're the one. But what does this tell me as the church is growing, as God seems to be building his church in places, and yet we got all these things happening, and we're not making any difference in the world. When they had revival in Wales, Wales was full of drinkers and drunkards and bars and pubs. When they had revival, when Evan Roberts got up to speak, God began to move by the Holy Ghost, and when they moved, they shut down the bars. They shut down the pubs. They shut down the drinking. I don't understand why we think that that's how we're going to roll in the day that we live now. Hmm. They changed the world that they were in because of revival and Holy Ghost. I think it tells me something that we have learned to do church without the Holy Ghost. You might say, Doug, you're too hard tonight. I say it like this, Matthew 7, 16. You shall know them by their fruits. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Times of stress. Difficult times. But these first four verses... They're written about what is happening in society in the last days. When we get to the fifth verse, it's going to talk about the church. But the first four talks about what's going on in the world. It says, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Do you see everything that we got going haywire in our world is because men love themselves more than they love other people. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. But right here, he speaks to the church, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. We heard on Monday night that power is the Holy Ghost. We have turned away from the Holy Ghost. We have been without the Holy Ghost and the church without the Holy Ghost has created an entire generation living out their faith uh, by their own power. I will tell you something. I cannot live for Christ in my own power. I found out it is not by might nor by uh, uh, power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What I'm saying is I found out I can't live victoriously without the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you only the blood of Jesus gets you to heaven, but I will tell you to have victory on the way to heaven. I, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, if you're accepting or participating in any of the sins listed in those first four verses, you have a form of godliness and have denied the Holy Ghost. You say, well, I don't really know about that. I'm going to tell you, you can fool your family. You can fool your husband. You can fool your your friends. You might be able to fool the preacher, but you will never fool God. Are you understanding me? We all need tonight the Holy Ghost to invade our place of comfort. We need to say, come on in and invade my place of comfort. See, too many of us have got comfortable in the seat. We've got comfortable in our ways. We've got comfortable in our sin. But I say tonight, Holy Ghost, come in and invade us. We need an encounter with the Holy Ghost. We need an encounter with the power of God. The greatest story of conversion written in the Bible is about a man named Saul. And in Acts 26, verse number 14, he gives part of his testimony. Saul said, and when we were fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And what happened there? What happened? He's on the road to Damascus. He's a very powerful man. 
Saul is a man that persecuted the church. So listen, if you are being persecuted or the persecution going on around the world today, it is nothing new. But the Bible said when they were persecuted, it sent them to the four corners of the earth. What the devil thought he was going to do to destroy the church is the very thing that sent the word of God around the world. What the devil meant for bad, God turned for good. I don't know what he's trying to do in this world. The spirit that has come against people in this hour in 2020, we've had corona come against the church, come against church leaders, come against pastors come against uh, uh, the house of God. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe the gospel is not going to be confined. This gospel shall not be stopped. I'm not stopping preaching. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing up. I'm out to, to give the Lord the highest praise tonight. Now, there's a line right here. Why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I read that. I didn't even have a clue what that meant. Ever read anything in your Bible you didn't understand? The rest of you will cast lion demons out at the end of the service. All right, I, I, I read out of the King James, but sometimes I don't talk King James, so I have to look it up. So I look it up in the Amplified Bible because it's louder. Everybody say whatever, all right? So I look it up, and it said, it turns out badly for you to kick against the goad. I have no idea what goad is. So I have to call Hans, and he gives me the, the Latin meaning. He gives me the Hebrew meaning. He gives me the, no, I'm just kidding. That was my way of, you know. I put people down so it makes me feel better. I just thought I'd tell you that right off the bat. I was the kid nobody liked in school, you know. I'm the one that's on somebody's list, and right now they're marking it off with lipstick, you know. Somebody will figure that one out in a minute. So I looked up the word goad. A goad is a long stick with a sharp end on it. If you were to plow your fields with cattle or oxen, to get an unruly oxen to do what they were supposed to do, you would take that stick and jab them in the side. You would try to point them in the right direction, but eventually if that cattle or oxen did not do what they were supposed to do, it began to bloody their side. The scripture here is saying it turns out bloody for you to kick against the power of God. It turns out bloody for you to kick against the Holy Ghost. This man was an anarchist. This man was coming against Christians. He was on his way to Damascus. Now, normally Christians didn't live at Damascus. But when they got persecuted, some of them fled there. They were trying to hide out. But Saul found out some of them were trying to hide out there. And he's on his way to put them into prison to persecute them. He was bloody. He was cruel. He was brutal. And yet God got a hold of him. God got into his place of comfort. God invaded his place of comfort. This man thought he's helping God out. He's persecuting the church. But he found out it turns out badly for you to kick against the power of God. Listen, I'm talking to somebody tonight. Somebody's in for a rude awakening. Somebody, you've been running from God for too long. You have been running from God. You have been in your sin, and you got by with it last week. You got by with it the week before. You got by with it the month before that. But I am telling you tonight, God is invading somebody's space tonight, their space that they feel comfortable. I'm going to tell you, if you're starting to feel uncomfortable in your seat, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. That power no 
knocked Saul to the ground. The light shined from heaven and knocked him down. You say, am I going to have that happen to me tonight? Well, it could happen that way, but I believe it comes in different ways. Like Acts 2.37, when Peter preached the word, they said their heart was pricked within them or a pricked heart, or maybe it comes like it did in Acts 16, verse 14, where Lydia, the seller of purple, whose heart the Lord hath opened or open heart surgery, or maybe it comes like it did in Luke 24 and verse 32 when Jesus spoke to the men on the road to Emmaus. They didn't know who he was, but when he spoke the scripture, they said, our heart did burn within us. Tonight, I pray that somebody has Holy Ghost heartburn in this place. I pray tonight that God gets a hold of somebody. You say, well, I've been running from him for a long time. I'm going to tell you, it's time to quit running. That's God's mercy reaching out to you. Somebody gave me something this week, and it it was when Jesus was at the Last Supper. The Last Supper, he took the bread, stuck it there, and he hands it to Judas. Judas was sitting right next to him. He's at a prominent place. But he said, hey, what you're going to do, you better do quickly. What am I saying? Some of you, whatever you're going to do, you better do quickly. That was God reaching out mercy. He, he said, I know what you're up to. You fooled all these other guys. You've been carrying around the money. You've been sitting by me. I've been talking. I shared bread with you, but I know what you're up to. Whatever you're going to do, you better do it quickly. I feel God is going to knock some people down so they'll listen. I feel in the coming days, some of you got family that have been running from God. Some of them are going to get knocked to their knees. In this altar tonight, God's going to radically change some lives. Are you hearing me? I believe that we're going to see repentance in these last days, that you come in with one kind of mindset, but he changed your heart, and he changes your mind, and he changes your direction. That's what repentance is. See, I declare tonight the devil's a liar. Come on, everybody say it. The devil's a liar. You know what he's saying to this generation? The devil says of this generation, he said, I'm going to have them. I'm going to addict them. I'm going to pervert them. I'm going to kill them. But God says, how many know what God says? I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. The devil's a liar. When I read my Bible, I read about this man that got knocked to the ground. Paul is what he became. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. That tells me God can have some mercy even where you're at tonight. But Paul says, hey, I could use my skills of persuasion and marketing, but I'm not going to. Today, we got lots of preachers that know how to persuade by their skills and their marketing. But 1 Corinthians 2, 4, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In this day, too many people have tried to use their persuasive power, their marketing skills, their charisma power, and they have tried to do all these things, and then they, they join a denomination, and then they try to be incognito Pentecostals or Charismatics. They disguise their Holy Ghost so nobody knows that they're tongue talkers. But you realize that Jesus never told us to have a secret Pentecost? You read the book of Acts. 
There's nothing secret about it. There they were in Acts chapter 3. They had an obvious Pentecost when the lame man was there asking for money. They said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he reached down and grabbed the man by the hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he went walking and leaping and praising God in the temple. It was an obvious Pentecost. It was an obvious Pentecost in Acts chapter 4 when they prayed that the house shook where they were praying. It was an obvious Pentecost in Acts chapter 5 where Peter's shadow was healing the sick. I'm going to tell you, we need another Pentecost. What would it be like if we had somebody that had a powerful shadow that every time somebody walked by with Corona, that Corona went back to the pit of hell where it belonged? What would it happen if every time somebody walked by your shadow they were healed of disease we need an obvious Pentecost I don't think a secret Pentecost is what we need we've tried that it's not working what we need is a crystal clear Pentecost with results and I believe it comes down to this it's Pentecost put up or shut up And that's not a style, that's not, con- uh, but it is content. We have too many homes uh, that are broken, that are at stake. We have too many husbands that are lost. Uh, we have too many children uh, going to hell. We have uh, got to uh, have what we advertise on the sign. See, I believe too many have a Nicodemus Holy Ghost. A sneaky incognito experience. Let me come to Jesus at night. Nick at night didn't start on your television. He comes to Jesus at night because he was trying to, hey, what's going on? You know, I need a little help, Jesus. He said, you must be born again. He spoke to him about the Holy Ghost. He said, the wind blows where it listeth. You can't see the wind, but you can see the results. I don't want people not to know I'm Holy Ghost filled. Listen, the name of our ministry is Holy Ghost Celebration. That closes doors. And it opens some other ones. But I've had, I've had, you don't know how many preachers I had tell me, Don't call your name Holy Ghost Celebration anymore because it's offensive. Holy Ghost. I've had them tell me that. The one time I went to, the first time I went to Israel, I was feeling all that pressure. I had preachers, you need to change the name from Holy Ghost to something like world missions, love the world, be the world, do the things the world does. I don't know what they want me to call it. But if I put the word world in it, you know, I don't even have, I I could just be like, uh, you know, the United Way, which does good things, but they don't necessarily do it for Jesus. All right? Incognito. So I go to Israel. I'm going to speak in the upper room. I've had an experience with this bunch in the upper room. Somebody told me to shut up. You need to be quiet. I said, you need to leave me alone. (laughs) But when I walked in that upper room the first time, a dove sweeped down. And went by my head and by my shoulder, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, don't back up about the Holy Ghost. It's what we need more than anything else in the world today. These signs shall follow them that believe. We had a friend of ours. uh, Their mother was filled with the Holy Spirit years ago. Before their daughter was born, she'd been filled with the Spirit. Her daughter was 18 and didn't know her mother spoke in tongues until she was 18. So I want my children to hear. 
I remember when I traveled uh, uh, a lot without Lori because the girls were going to school or they were little. Sometimes I'd have I'd be gone for weeks, you know, because in those days we had more church. You know, some of you say, man, if we ever have to do this again, I'm not coming Wednesday. It'll kill me. You can't kill what's already dead. (laughs) So I remember Lori calling me one time and she's like, Doug, something's wrong with Lily. Okay. Lily is 21 now. All right. So, and, uh, I said, what's wrong? She said, She's acting horrible. And she said, and when I pray for her, I pray in tongues. She says, don't do that. So Lori goes, do you think she's demon possessed? I said, no. Oh, sometimes. Peace to Lily. I love Lily. But Lily serves the Lord with all of her heart now. But I'm going to say something. They heard their mama speak in tongues when they were babies. Why she was beating them with a chunkla? (laughs) Whatever. I came in the house one day and the girls were kind of, Lori was whacking them with a (laughs) flip-flop. And the girls were making all this noise and when mom walked off, they said, it doesn't hurt. I said, we'll keep making the noise so she quits. That's how us dads are, right? Listen, I'm not ashamed of my heritage. My grandfather came to this country from Germany. They escaped persecution to come to this country. But when they came to this country... They put everything they had in it. And my grandfather's sister went to a tent meeting where she got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. She brought her brothers back. One by one, the three brothers all got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. All three of them were in the ministry full-time Pentecostal preachers their whole life. And my dad's been a Pentecostal preacher his whole life. He's 89 years old. I am not ashamed of my heritage. Why we sit back and try to not let anyone know what camp we're in. Oh, I don't, I don't want anybody to know I'm in that tongue talking camp. I don't want anybody to know I'm in the faith camp. I'm in the grace camp. Uh, I, I'm actually in the, I don't want to go to hell camp. <laughs> but why we're worried about what people think about us. Other people are messed up. They're defeated. They're depressed. They're whipped. And the only help that will work is the helper, the Holy Ghost. It's time that we get back to real Pentecost where the blind see, the lame walk, cancer goes, drug addicts and alcoholics are set free. How many believe we need the power of the Holy Ghost? Matthew 3.11, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Listen tonight, the baptism in the Holy Ghost is so important and vital that the early believers... They were told to do nothing until they received him. They were told to do nothing. They said, tarry at the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, why Jerusalem? He didn't say, you know, he had a great ministry at other places. Samaria, why not go to Samaria? You know, how many know some people always want to do everything their way? If we'd have had people who said, you know, I'm not going there, I'm going over there. Somebody said, go to Bethany. But God knew what he was doing. He knew that there'd be thousands of people there. And when they heard them speak in tongues, they would be there and they would experience this 
power, and this power could spread around the world. Today, the Holy Ghost has gone around the world. I don't know what's happening around you, but they say one out of every ten people in the world speak with tongues. That's the same amount of people that are on Facebook. I'm here to tell you something. I know that my Holy Ghost is as at least as popular as Facebook, and I'm going to tell you, He will not stop you. He will not tell you what you can say and what you cannot say, but He will let you flow in that gift if you'll let Him. Listen, the first message after the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, but the first message preached, Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That day, the 3,000 that were saved got filled with the Holy Ghost. The 3,000 that were saved, he said, the promises for your children. But when he said all that are afar off. He was talking about us tonight at Fountain of Life. He was talking about us here in North Carolina. He's talking about you watching by Facebook Live. He's saying, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Then you go over a little bit over into Acts chapter 8. The leaders of the church at Jerusalem had heard that Samaria had received the gospel. They'd gotten saved. Philip the evangelist preached the gospel and great joy came to the city. But they heard in Jerusalem that none of them had received the gift of the Holy Ghost as of yet. So they send Peter and John down there who lay hands on them. And there was an impartation that came forth and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you something. Then you go over to Ephesus in Acts 19. Paul asked the believers, had they received the Holy Ghost since they believed? They said, we have not so much as heard whether there, there be any Holy Ghost. They were not saying we haven't heard anything. We don't know anything. They heard about a historical Holy Ghost. There's a lot of people that heard about a historical Holy Ghost, but they need to uh, uh, receive an up-to-date version of that Holy Ghost. When he laid hands on them, they spake with tongues and prophesied. Paul did not want them to be deprived of the full benefits and the full power of God intended for them. And tonight, I don't want anybody in this building to be deprived of the full benefits and the full power that God intended for you. I was speaking to my dad some time back, about a month or so ago. I'm talking to my dad, and he said, I'm going through my files. See, my dad writes three sermons a week, and he doesn't pastor anymore. He's 89. He said, I've done it my whole life. I don't know what else to do. He gets up Monday morning, get a new sermon for Wednesday. Then he gets two for Sunday. All right? And I go to churches where the pastor, he's tired after five minutes. Do us all a favor and just quit. We need some real preachers. So my dad said, I'm going through my files, son. He said, I found a letter. Dated 1951. He said, uh, it was written by a man that was filled with the Holy Ghost in one of his meetings. He said the man was a visitor to the service that night. He got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, no tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. We act like it'll freak people out. Have you seen these people on TV? They freak me out. Okay. But this man said, I got saved in your meeting, 1951. I spake with tongues and prophesied. My dad said he remembered the meeting. The man's a visitor. He got filled with the Holy Ghost, and then for about an hour and a half, he prophesied. Okay. They were visitors at the church. He was with his mother and his sister. His mother, he said, was a Catholic. His sister was a Lutheran. I don't know what happened in that family. <laughs> but after they heard him prophesy, 
They ran to the altar and gave their heart to Jesus. See, I don't know why we're afraid. We have people that say they're Pentecostal and say you don't have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Spirit. But if that's what you believe, I call you a traitor. You're a minimalist. Preacher, what does that mean? Do you want the minimum or do you want the maximum? Why do you try to get the minimum at church and the maximum at your job, the maximum at school, the maximum at the mall, the max, the max at the TJ Maxx? Why not get the maximum and not the minimum? Listen, I've decided in these last days, anything the devil doesn't like, I'm just going to do it double. I went to a church in Argentina one time, all right? We missed, uh, uh, I was in Argentina and I missed a meeting because our car broke down. I was supposed to be at the prison preaching. And, and the pastor was already in the prison, and you, they take your cell phone away from, so we can't call him and say, our car broke down, we need help, and, and we're not going to be there. So I show up to his church to preach that night. He, he hadn't talked to me yet. He came in late because he'd been at the prison. He gets in, he introduces me, and he said, I don't, and he starts bad-mouthing me in front of his whole congregation. Thousands of people there. He's saying, I don't know what kind of preacher this guy is we're having tonight, but he didn't show up at the prison. He just keeps going on and on and on. And I, I'm mad. All right? I'm ready to choke him out. I'm ready to do the five-fold ministry on him. He's taking the offering, talking this way. It's not motivating me at all. I had a hundred I was going to put in the offering. I put it back in my wallet. You know, and inside I'm doing this. Not on the outside. But that, you know, I'm very mature for my age. But then something happened to me. Something rose up in my spirit. It said, you ought to bless your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Well, I'm not praying for them. I hate them. You ought to send them an offering. I pulled out two 100s and stuck it in the offering. And Lori said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to get up and I'm going to fix this. I got up and I had everybody mad at me in that whole place. They're like, I'm going to kill that preacher. He didn't go to the prison to the least of the brethren. And I got up and apologized. And I began to preach. That pastor got up out of his seat. He laid money at my feet. And before I was done, I had money about up to my knee. I'm going to tell you something. You bless your enemies, things will begin to turn around. See, we don't get that message in America. I hate that other side. I don't like the, bless them. Anything the devil doesn't like, I'm going to do double. I'm going to praise him twice as much. I'm going to preach twice as much. I'm going to testify twice as much. I'm going to give twice as much. I'm going to pray twice as much. I'm going to believe twice as much. I'm going to shout twice as loud. I'm going to speak in tongues and prophesy more than you all. Are you understanding me? I've got the devil under my feet. He is way down under my feet. I'm telling you tonight, there's something that God is doing in your life. Nevertheless, John 16, verse 7, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, the English Standard Version says, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit tonight is not a consolation prize. Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but it will be to your advantage. He didn't say, look, I can't stick around here. I, I, I got to have a little help. Let me give you this second class guy, the Holy Ghost, and he'll be with you. No, he said it'll be to your advantage. 
The Holy Ghost is not what you get when you win the loser's bracket. The Holy Ghost is not the trophy for 13th place. He does not just fill the void when Jesus left, but Christ departed so the Holy Spirit could be imparted. An impartation. When you get an impartation, it's supposed to spread. Are you understanding me? When you get something that's imparted, it is supposed to spread. And he said, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you shall be witnesses. It is supposed to spread. The Holy Spirit was never supposed to supplement, but uh, that when we add uh, to our ideas and our talents, he's not the mysterious force we reluctantly go to in an emergency. Emergency. He's not the final option, but he is the only option. Let me close up here. Come on. John 16, 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He is called the spirit of truth. If Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth, what happens to truth without him? I come up with this, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. There's nobody telling the truth. Liars, liars, pants on fire. You know, there's that thing. Wouldn't it be cool if liars' pants really caught on fire? Well, one day, all liars will be in the lake of fire, and their pants will be on fire. Folks, we got to tell the truth in this country. Without the Holy Ghost, we have people that disagree with the Bible. They say, I don't believe that part. Without the spirit of truth, people say, well, I don't believe that part. I don't really believe he meant what he said right there. They change the word to fit their circumstances. They change the word to fit the day that we live in. They change the word to fit their family with their misfits that should be on Jerry Springer, but they don't want to talk about it. We all have those people in our family. I want them to go to heaven. But unless they repent, they're not going to. We change the word. But this book right here is not a book full of suggestions. It is the living word of God. And when we say the Bible says, but, you know, this is my opinion, then we're no different than Eve in the Garden of Eden. We're no different. We're saying like Eve. In my opinion, God really didn't mean don't eat that. But we need the spirit of truth to come. We need the spirit of truth to come. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. My dad, after he got saved, he's the middleweight Golden Glove champion of Ohio. When he got saved on that Sunday night, there was a woman preaching that night, a woman evangelist. She preached on the mark of the beast, 666. And what happens if you miss the rapture? He ran to the altar and got saved. When he got up off of that uh, altar, he went over to the pastor, Pastor Jensen. He was at a uh, German church. He said uh, to my dad, uh, uh, my dad said, I got saved, Pastor. Now what do I do? He said, fast and pray until you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My dad did not even know what that meant. He had to have him explain what that meant. He began to fast and pray and ask God to fill him with the Holy Ghost. This is a gift. You don't really have to fast and pray unless it's necessary. Then if it's necessary, do it. Are you understanding me? Because he'll fill you right now. But my dad heard about a revival in Detroit, Michigan at Bethesda Tabernacle. Sister Beale was the pastor there. She was a great woman of God, and they were having a move of God, a latter rain movement of God in that church, and the Spirit of God was being poured out. He hitchhiked to that meeting. He got there on a Thursday afternoon at a 2 o'clock service when he walked through the doors. He didn't get even to his seat, but when he walked through the doors, he began to speak in a heavenly language. He began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave him utterance. I'm asking, do we have any churches like that anymore? Do we have any place where there's freedom like that anymore? Do we have anywhere like that anymore? 
He went back to his church and he asked Brother Jensen, now what do I do? I'm saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, son, fast and pray some more. You're going to hold us a revival in two weeks. He said, I didn't even know what to do, but in two weeks I got up and here because he was middleweight golden glove champion, they put him in the paper without his shirt on boxing as Billy the kid. And then next to it, they put him in a suit holding the Bible, calling him the hallelujah kid. And because he had a following in that community, all the teenagers come out to hear him preach. And in that revival, over 150 teenagers gave their heart to Jesus. That was the beginning of his ministry. Do we have any churches like that anymore? In 1983, I was at a meeting when Roy Hicks was preaching. He's preaching about uh, uh, present yourself a living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Uh, and uh, as you present yourself a living sacrifice, that is your reasonable worship or service. He's talking about worship. When he's done, he just had everybody lift up their hands. He said, begin to worship God. When I begin to worship God, something came on me that I remember now coming on me when I was seven years old. But this night, I yielded. That afternoon, I yielded. At two o'clock in the afternoon, I got filled with the Holy Ghost in that meeting. I began to speak in tongues for the next three hours. I just kept praying in the Spirit. I was lost in the Spirit. I I don't know if the ushers wouldn't have come and shut the meeting down. I might have been like Enoch. I was and I was not. But the usher finally came over about five o'clock. They said, we've turned the lights out. You need to leave and you need to go and come back for the seven o'clock service. I don't know. Do we have any meetings like that? Do we have any place where the spirit of God moves like that? Somebody gets up here and says, itty bitty bow time. We say, you got it, and you go home. Somebody will catch that tomorrow. That wasn't the Holy Ghost. That's a good start. Get started, but stick with it. We've got to be endued with that Holy Ghost power. There's a power and strength that came on the day of Pentecost in that rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house. We need the Holy Ghost to fill all the house. Every nook and every cranny, every corner of the house. I'm going to tell you, I'm praying that the Holy Ghost gets in your teenager's room. I pray the Holy Ghost gets in your husband's bathroom. Are you hearing me? I pray the Holy Ghost gets in the shower. Let it get in the garage. Are you hearing me? Let it get in the yard. Let it get on the lawnmower. Are you hearing me? Let the Holy Ghost get all over your property. Nobody ought to be able to go to hell from your house. We invite the Holy Ghost into our homes. Everybody stand your feet in this place. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't start playing yet. Just get ready, okay? Don't do anything until I tell you, please. But get ready. Heads about, eyes closed in this building tonight. I told you God's going to invade somebody's comfort zone. You walked in this building. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe somebody said you need to come. Somebody's been running from God week after week. Somebody in this place has got sin in their life, and you're not right with God. You know it. I'm not asking about it. I'm not asking all the details. That's none of my business, but God is dealing with you. To Saul on the road to Damascus, he said, it turns out badly for you to kick against the power of God. It turns out bloody. Listen, I, I tell you tonight, Proverbs 29 and 1 says, He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. See, I believe tonight somebody is getting the word like Judas did. Whatever you're going to do, you better do it quick because your time's running out. Somebody's time is running out. God's mercy time is running out. I thank God for his mercy, but I'm going to tell you something. We're going to live in a day in these last days. You remember in the book of Acts when you had the Holy Ghost move, people that lied in Acts chapter 5 dropped dead. You say, why am I talking this way? I'm telling you, it's time that we quit playing games in church. 
There's people that need to get right with God tonight. In this building, you say, preacher, tonight, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one looking around. You say, preacher, I'm not really where I should be with God. I'm not right with God tonight. I've got sin in my life or, or I have uh, 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 my relationship with the Lord is not up to date or I have disobedience in my life. I'm not right with God tonight and I need your prayer. All across this building, would you lift up your hand right now very quickly? I'm not right with God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Many hands, many hands. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. You can put those hands down. Listen to me. I went to a meeting when I was 19 years old. God spoke to my heart like he's speaking to yours. His mercy was reaching out. In this place, God's mercy is reaching out. This altar is a place of mercy. Now, I'm not asking one of you to join this church, although this is a great church. I'm not asking one of you to know how to pray. I'll help you pray. I'm not asking one of you what you did in the past, what church you want to go to. I'm not asking you that. I'm talking about you're not right with God and you raised your hand or you should have. I'm asking you to get some guts and some courage tonight. The Bible said if you're ashamed of Jesus, he'll be ashamed of you. The Bible says that Jesus said, you deny me, I will deny you. But I'm using this verse. I've used it many times. He says these words of mercy. He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I believe Judas could have went back to Jesus. I almost preached about him tonight, but I believe he could have went back to Jesus. He went back to the leaders of that gave him the money. He said, I don't want to do this anymore. They said, it's too late. He went back to everybody if he just went back to Jesus. But he never went back to Jesus. Somebody needs to get back to Jesus tonight. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You raised your hand or you should have. I'm asking right now for you to get some guts and some courage. As the music begins to play very softly, I'm asking you to step out of your seat and come stand here facing me. You say, I need a fresh start, a new beginning. I'm not where I should be with God tonight. I need a fresh start, a new beginning. Come on, step out of your seat right now. If you'll come, many people will follow you. We had probably 20 people at least need to be here right now. Quickly, come on, don't hesitate. Would you come right now? Come on, come on. Come on, people, let them out, let them out, let them out. If you're in the middle of the aisle, people are going to let you out. Come on, come stand here with me. Thank you for coming. Come on, people are still coming. Come on. That's the mercy of God right here. Listen, this is what's been happening all week long. That The seed has been planted. The seed is watered. Right now, this is harvest time. This is what I like, harvest time right here. Come on, are there others tonight? Come on, young man over here on the side. Come on, don't resist. Come on, in the back. Come on, somebody don't resist. Come on. Today is the day of salvation. Today's the day of turnaround. Today's the day of miracles. Come on. This is what it's about. Thank you for having courage to come. Anyone else in this building? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Some of you are saying, well, I'm going to go home and pray. I'm going to tell you, you can pray at home, but most of you, that's the devil's lie to get you out of this atmosphere of freedom. You're not going to have that Holy Ghost atmosphere at home like you have in this place where we are corporately anointed together. Anyone else in this building? Come on. Somebody's resisting the Spirit of God right now. See, one of the benefits of the Holy Spirit is He brings conviction. I know some people say, well, I don't like the word conviction. I don't like the word repent. Folks, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I, if I get out a line, I want the Lord to convict me, and I don't mind repenting. I have to do it every now and then. Why? Because sometimes I get going the wrong direction, thinking the wrong way, and my heart is wrong. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you for coming. Anyone else? Listen, in this building, I want everyone tonight that wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. You're saved. You're filled. You're a believer. The Bible said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Thus spake he of the Spirit that those that believe should receive. You're a believer, but you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. You've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on right here to this altar right now. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. There'll be an impartation. Come on, join me. Just come on right now. I'm only going to wait just a little bit. Some of you stood on Monday night to be filled with the Holy Ghost and there were people filled with the Holy Ghost. But others of you, 
Tonight's your night. Come on, you. The f- faith has come by hearing and hearing and hearing. You've got enough faith to blow the roof off the building tonight to receive. Early tonight, I felt the Lord speak to me that everyone under 25 that's in this building, I want you to come up and if you want an impartation, you say, what's an impartation? It's where God puts something in you that's meant to spread. If you're under 25 and you want that impartation, you want God to put something in you so you can impact the world. See, God did not make bring you in the wrong time into this world. It may have messed your school up. It may have messed your graduation up. It may have online baloney and all this stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. You're here for a right time. This is Holy Ghost time. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Our sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Come on, if you're under 25 in this building, you want an impartation, I want you to join us in this altar. I want everybody to lift up both hands. The Bible said in 1 Timothy 2.8, I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. When I lift up my hands to pray, I'm saying, God, I'm not mad at you, and I'm here in faith. You're a God pleaser with your hands lifted up. I want everybody to pray with me right now. Everybody in this building, I want you to pray with me. I want you to say this out loud with me in this building. I want you to repeat it after me, but I want you more than that to believe it in your heart. Come on, we're not just making it, we make it easy, but you've got to do the believing part, and that's not very hard either. If you just call upon him, he'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. Say this with me now. Dear God in heaven, I want to be sure that I'm ready to meet you. I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. Have mercy on me. Lord, I know that you have brought conviction to my heart tonight. And I'm not resisting that Holy Spirit. I'm not uh, quenching the Holy Spirit. But I am being set free tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. I know that Jesus died on the cross for me. He shed his blood for me. And that blood is cleansing me from every sin. I repent of my past. I have a change of heart. I have a change of mind. I have a change of direction. I'm never going to be the same. I believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And I boldly confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior, my Master. I'm never going to be the same. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I respond tonight to you, God. I give way to you. I yield to you. Lord, give me the utterance that I might speak in that heavenly language. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the power of God. I'm not leaving here like I've come in Jesus' name. Now I want you to just begin to worship God for a moment. Come on, just begin to worship Him. Say, I love you, Jesus. Come on, begin to glorify and magnify Him. 